You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hey guys, and welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. Alongside Chris and James, my name is Ryan. We are the official Dallas Stars podcast at THPN. Thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook and also to Raycon for being our sponsor of this episode of our podcast and all of THPN. We have a win tonight, guys, and a giant bounce-back game for a couple of individuals in particular with a 2 to nothing win over the Winnipeg Jets, who, at points uh, this weekend, were number two in the Central, while Dallas was number three. With the win tonight, Dallas does leap back up into the second spot in the Central Division, and we're feeling pretty good with this win tonight. How are you guys feeling this evening? Very good. Overall, just super happy that Ottinger had a big bounce back game. Two weeks there where he didn't look like a uh, traditional Otter, and he looked like Calgary Otter tonight. I mean, he was absolutely fantastic, shut everything down. Several huge chances that the Jets had, that the Jets' best players had, and Otter just stands tall, stones all of them, and looks super confident in doing it. And we always talk about that's when Otter's at his best, when he's uber confident, and that's what he was tonight. I, I think I have a new strategy for our goaltenders. I think Otter should play every road game and Westwood should play every home game because that's what it was. I mean, we left home and he's instantly back. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. And Chris hit the nail on the head for me tonight. This was Otter's bounce back game. This was his uh, origin story, getting back on the right side after really, really sucking it up in the last game. Uh, he was one of the big reasons why we lost that game against Calgary. But tonight, he was probably the reason why it, why we won the game. So, again, very good point, Chris. He hasn't looked himself the last couple of weeks, and he, he's played good enough for the Stars to get a couple of wins, except for the Calgary game and the Colorado game. Uh, but, man, he was the, the key difference tonight. And specifically on... Uh, on Josh Morrissey, he just had Josh Morrissey's number tonight. I think Morrissey had like three, like grade A plus chances, not just grade A chances, but A plus chances where it was just him and Otter. And Otter just had all the mind control over him tonight. Yeah, Morrissey finished the night with six shots on goal as a defenseman. He he led his team. Uh, he doubled everyone else on his team, actually, not just led. So he definitely had Morrissey's number. And Morrissey had a great night. It, everything went right for him except going in the net. He also had 28 minutes time on ice. James, what did you think of uh, Otter's action tonight? Yeah, Otter was back to himself. I mean, he loves playing the villain. That's what we talked about all season last year. Loves playing the villain. His road record is ridiculous, and his home record is 500, as it should be, as it always is. <laughs> And that was another big thing that the Stars were able to take care of tonight is we had a very mediocre 
homestand, one of the biggest homestands of the season, longest for sure, going two, two, and one. And especially the two losses being as bad as they were when we had multi goal leads uh, at points in those games and blew those. I'll be honest, I was worried tonight. I really was. Uh, the one goal, it looked like they were going to be able to just kind of lean back on their back foot a little bit and kind of watch this game go along. And I didn't think it was going to be enough, but they definitely showed me up tonight in uh, their their defensive play. Um, and especially in the third period, all the block shots. I mean, I think I wrote down four or five different times when there were very, very key block shots, not just by the defensemen, but also by the forwards as well. It was a, It was a really good third period to shut it down. And one of the few opportunities we got there at the end of the period with Sagan and Marchment, oh my gosh, what a pass and what a shot. Uh, just they took advantage of their few opportunities they had in that third period. Yeah, and it, it felt like in the beginning of that period, they started to kind of get on that back foot like you were saying, Ryan. They kind of, let's see if we can try and win a one-goal game. And funny enough, what pushed us out of that was killing off the five-on-three. I mean, after that point, it felt like the Stars were getting back to what made them so successful in the first two periods, getting the puck deep, getting the forecheck, making the Jets defenders make quick and good passes in their own zone, and they weren't able to do that. And they got back to that after the five on three in the third period, and we're able to pretty much lock the game down from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I, I think the jets had like four shots after that point in the game. Yep. And I think that's a good time to segue into how elite this penalty kill is and what a masterclass they showed tonight. So two on five on three penalty kills for the Dallas stars tonight. The, the second one I thought was a little, okay, really? Like on the second five on three, the the first the first Fox the penalty that made it five on three, I was just like, okay, I can kind of see that. <laughs> but still, the fact that they gave them two five on threes very rare in the NHL nowadays. And I thought for sure, especially on the first one, that it was over a minute long. It was a minute and eight seconds. But maybe the Dallas Stars curse of not being able to score five on three kind of passed itself on to Winnipeg tonight. But the Dallas Stars looked great on the penalty kill tonight. And like Razor mentioned, it definitely looked looked like the best penalty kill on the road in the NHL this season. Yeah. And, and it wasn't just Otter bailing out the five on three either. He definitely was good. And you have to play good when you're having a five on three, the defense held up. I mean, they didn't break down, but maybe one time on the first five on three that I can recall where Otter made a big save. Um, but that's really all you can ask for on your five on three. Keep keep the positioning. Don't let a shot, don't let a pass get through and give your goalie a chance to make the save and clear the puck. And they did exactly that on the extent, pretty much two full minutes of five on three time for Winnipeg. And it didn't look too dangerous. And that's a testament to the Dallas Stars penalty kill. And they've been doing that all year long, especially on the road. It's also failed execution on the Winnipeg Jets part. I mean, they had two golden opportunities in the game to get in to get a lead and then get back into the game and they failed both times i mean even even if you have one of the best penalty kills in the league you're not going to be killing off five on threes normally i mean it it shouldn't really happen all that much it i really think that's just failed opportunity from the jets definitely failed on the jets but i think it's a little bit of doing what you have to do in a tight game and a tight goaltending battle like tonight was by the stars defense too. So I'm gonna give them a little bit more credit than James's. Right. That was going to be my question is, was it more so the stars penalty kill or was it the, the lack of 
opportunities, I guess, by Winnipeg on the five on threes. I think it's a little bit of both. That's definitely but, the correct answer. Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both. But you got to give credit to the Stars where credit is due. They they took care of business when it comes to the defense tonight. And yeah, I mean, not really much to talk about uh, with the penalty kill there other than they just took care of business and they looked really good, which they have all season. So um, uh, another talking point I want to get into is the fact that the Stars have had their best start on the road in franchise history is I think what I heard. Is that what I heard? Is that correct? Okay. So, and that's crazy to think that they're second in the NHL with when it comes to road records. I think they're 8-1-1, one, and one, and there's a team that's better than that. That's crazy. That blows my mind. I wonder which team that is. Welcome to Los Angeles Kings to that conversation. But, so, what's the difference about this team playing on the road comparing to playing at home? Is it the the fact that there's less pressure on the Stars? They're not playing in front of their home you know, their home fans. Is it the fact that Otter likes to play villain? So maybe the, the rest of the team likes to play villain as well. Is their style better suited for the road compared to home? I mean, what's the deal here? I, I feel like we try not to chase as much on the road. We really, we play a, just incredibly more defensively. We play very safe. We're not giving up bad turnovers, which we did all night in the flames game. I mean, all night long was turnovers the other way and, and we go on the road and they disappear like that. It's, I, I don't know if it's just a mindset of knowing of if you get behind in this game, you're not coming back. I mean, it's a lot harder to come back on the road than it is at home because at home you can get the crowd into it and you get a little bit of energy boost from that. But like it, it really just, I mean, they just play completely differently. They, they're defensive, on the road and they try to track race everyone at home. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we're on the, when they're on the road, they're also trying to set the tone in the first period, especially recently. And in, in the past, uh, I'd say five games, they really focused on getting a strong four check being like you said, James safe defensively and also trying to get the other team to make mistakes. And I think the other big thing is what, you mentioned at the top of the show, James, is that Otter is just fantastic on the road. I mean, it, his entire career shows that he is way better on the road than he is at home. And that's, I mean, that's just one player, but that's the most important player in the sport. Give Wedgwood more home starts? Yes. <laughs> maybe, Honestly, maybe at this point, please. Otter maybe should not is. sit on the road unless he's on a back-to-back, and Wedgwood should play all the home games. Not all the home games. All Whenever he's playing a game, he should be playing at home. Maybe half of the home games. A little more than half. I don't know. Maybe that would give it 50-30 for starts for Otter compared to Wedgwood, but we'll see. Um, So this is something that uh, the hockey guy was talking about with the Los Angeles Kings. He did a video about them. It was a really good video. And he talked about how recently they, they've sucked it up at home and they've done really well on the road. Now, we haven't really sucked it up as home as much as the Kings have, but the thing that he talked about was the fact that they had just recently started figuring out how to play on the road at home. Does that make sense? The the style of play that they do on the road, they brought it home. So is that something that we need to do for the Dallas stars or maybe do the stars need to pull it back a little bit during the first period and kind of fig let it figure itself out for a little bit and focus on the defensive side before they try and go? I mean, what what do you think? Because the home needs to be fixed. 
Yeah, I definitely think the problem at home is not setting the tone in the first period. They're letting the game come to them, and they're confident in playing any style, and that's one thing that they are good at. They can play with any kind of style team. The playoff run that they played in showed it. They played with a team that had really good depth. They played a team that played really physical, and they played a really flashy team that has high scores, and they played well against all of them. But we need to make the other team play our game, especially when it's an inferior opponent. I mean, there's no reason to play Arizona Coyotes hockey when we can just jump on them in the first period and roll all over them. So I think that's definitely something we need to bring more when we're playing at home. Yeah, And I mean, we saw some of that. I mean, like you said, the first period was exactly how we wanted to play. We got it in deep early and we cycled. And the, the first shift from the first line looked amazing. I mean, they got in deep. They cycled it to the front of the net and they got their chances. That's exactly what we want to do. That doesn't give up bad turnovers the other way unless like a defenseman bobbles it on the point, which happens sometimes, but rarely, especially with now having the extra puck handling defenseman that we have just coming up through the system. It, it's, it, it, it minimizes the spaces where the stars feel weakest which really is just the turnovers on entries and turnovers on even on, on both blue lines. Lots of good points from both of y'all there. Um, I want to get in. There was something I, I wanted to get into, but I forgot. So maybe I'll remember it later, but I, let's get into a couple of players that we need to talk about tonight. We talked about Otter a little bit, so let's move on from him. But Mason Marchman, I, I, I kind of want to give him some credit because he has been playing a lot better as of late. And me, I don't know quite know what it is, to be honest with you. But like in the first period, he was one of the most noticeable stars out there. And and I'm kind of stealing Razor's thought there for a little bit. But it was honestly something that I noticed in the first period, too. He had the best chances in the first period for the Dallas Stars. And he had multiple chances in the second and third period being a setup man. The first two-on-one that he and Sagan had, it didn't really quite work out. The second one worked perfectly. It was a beautiful, beautiful saucer pass. And the other thing that he's not doing is he's still sort of kind of getting under the, the skin of opponents. But I haven't seen it as much. But he, he has not been taking bad penalties as much. And he's been creating uh, power plays for the Dallas Stars as well. That was one of the graphics they showed up that uh, he was like top 10 in these three categories when it comes to drawing penalties and taking penalties. But that's a couple of the categories were, were good things to be in top 10 for. So w- what do y'all think about Mason Marchment's play over, I don't know, the last week and a half, two weeks? Yeah, we, we were seeing uh, short periods of time where we'd see this Mason Marchment about two weeks ago. We'd see a game where Mason Marchment looked this or good even or periods. a period or yeah, a shift exactly. even. It could even be one shift where he looked great. And over the past five games, he's definitely gotten more and more consistent with his style of play. And I think that's really what he needs to focus on. We know how good Mason Marchment can play. He needs to play that good consistently. Period after period, shift after shift, he needs to find a way to make that his consistent mindset and his consistent positioning and make sure that he's on every single shift that he's that he's playing. And he's still not a seasoned NHL guy. He's still learning how to be an everyday NHLer. It's his second year of being a relied upon offensive weapon on a team. He came from Florida as a fourth line player who was just Scored way exceeded his role on the fourth line. That's crazy. Yeah, he just way exceeded <laughs> his role. It's his second year being a middle six forward. 
So he's still figuring it out. And the past five games, he's figured it out really well. He's been fantastic. He's really gotten more consistent. And and, and I really feel like the the biggest thing I want to want him to focus on is not taking those stupid penalties. Cause like he 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 plays good even when he's not like doing great. I mean, he he will get back still and he, he'll get in the right passing lanes and stuff but like it's those dumb penalties that feel like it always comes back to bite us and it, it's always March in the box when the power play goal goes in. hey guys it's ryan here bet the action on the ice with DraftKings sportsbook for some of the money line odds for the games tomorrow on the 15th the flyers and the hurricanes the flyers have a plus 210 the hurricanes have a minus 258 you can also take a look at the Kraken and the Oilers, two of the bottom feeders of the Pacific. The Kraken had a plus 154, the Edmonton Oilers at a minus 185. And then you've got also the high-flying Canucks against the Islanders. The Canucks are at a minus 155, and the Islanders are at a plus 130. Download the app now and use the code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877 O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y In Connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org Please play responsibly On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction Void in Ontario Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance cdkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. All rights reserved. Hey guys, it's Ryan here. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total complete nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on now. You've heard me talk about Raycon products before a couple of months ago, but Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32 hour battery life that's crazy in a perfect in-ear fit for all day wear and lasting comfort and this past year they've expanded their entire business with the introduction of raycon home and raycon powertech their five-star reviewed magic 1-800 cable allows you to charge ios micro usb and type c devices eight times faster with 100 watt power delivery. Raycon is known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, 
Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Okay, I remembered my other thing, but we're, we're talking about players right now. There's other players I want to talk about, so we'll, we'll talk about them first. But uh, another player we need, need to discuss is Tyler Sagan. Uh, the guy has been rejuvenated. We need to come up with, we're still, we still need to come up with a name for a renaissance for Sagan because he has, especially the last six games, has looked excellent. And alongside uh, Sagan and uh, Marchment, or excuse me, Duchesne and Marchment, he has really played a lot better. And that goal tonight, he's got five goals in his last six games. So just th- the guy is doing absolutely excellent and it it really helps that he's producing offensively for the stars right now yeah that whole line has been fantastic ever since duchene returned from his injury and sagan is really capitalizing on he still got the goal scorer's hands and he's finding ways to get himself into the right positions without having to need his speed so he, he's reading the play a lot better it's coming to him slower and he's getting in position before he needs to try and turn on the wheels which he doesn't have anymore so i feel like he's definitely figuring out how to be a goal scorer without being a speedster. It's, it's, it's figuring out how to create space without speed. That's really what I think it is. Or being in the right place at the right time, which speaking of being at the right place at the right time, I wonder if he's learning some pointers from Joe Pavelski. Cause again, a guy who's 39 years old, he's leading the stars in scoring. He has 20 points in 20 games, 10 assists, 10 goals. He has a goal tonight. I mean, you can't, he, he, he really is like the pseudo secondary captain for this team right now behind Jamie Ben. Like he, he does every single thing, right? He does everything right. Except for the speed. That's the, that's the only thing it seems like he doesn't get. He scores. He's always in the right place at the right time. He makes beautiful passes. His defense is impeccable in his own zone. Uh, I can't say more about uh, Joe Pavelski right now. Yeah, Ben is definitely like the muscle of this team, but Pavelski is for sure the heart of the team. And we saw that when he got injured in the beginning of the playoffs last year. I think if you ask Pavelski how he's always in the right position, he'll just tell you he just goes in front of the net every time, which isn't a bad place to be most of the time because it works out (laughs) for him very well with the deflections, with his quick hands in tight, which we see tonight. And yeah, I fully, he's our, is he leading us in points now? I know he's leading us in goals. Yes. And yeah, as a 39 year old. So he's a point per game player, point per game player at 39 years old. He's fantastic. Also, this is his his career high again. He's on pace to break his career high at 39 year old. He's also, uh, he played another 10 games. So he's also earned another million dollars on his contract. Oh, great. Like we never saw that coming. (laughs) So I love the guy. He's my, he's probably my favorite player right now. And that's crazy considering all the the players this team has that you could absolutely adore and love. And right now it's Joe Pavelski for me. Um, this is something I wanted to talk about as well, uh, player-wise. It, let's talk about the defensive pairings for a little bit. I didn't think they were all that bad tonight. 
Um, the the one thing that Chris disagrees with me, I already saw his face. But the one thing that I did see in the comment section over here, I I, I forgot who said it. If if you said it, uh, chat up, speak up. <laughs> I don't know. But the, we've seen since Harley has come back from injury, we've seen that pairing of Estelindel and Yanni Hockenpah kind of stay together. I don't like it. Uh, it it hasn't worked all that great. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Especially in the uh, the Calgary game. It seemed to do okay tonight. But it really seems to kind of decrease the effectiveness of Thomas Harley, which I feel like should be in the top four instead of Yanni Hockenpah. So um, I'm not looking at the, the time on ice when it comes to that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, what what do y'all think of those pairings or maybe just your thoughts overall on the defense? Most of the time, I would disagree with you. Uh, for tonight, it made perfect sense because of the way the game went. I mean, penalty we, kill. it was it was penalty kill. I mean, both Lindell and Hawk and Bob played five minutes on the penalty kill. They pl- they both hey. played the whole thing. Right, and, and that and that's not what I'm knocking. That that pairing should absolutely be the the top pairing when it comes to penalty kill. They showed they were excellent in that and la- last season. But the thing is, is they they neither one of them are really puck moving defensemen. Now it's not really hurting us too much where we're really really doing bad and our record is suffering because of it. But I don't know. And, and I really feel like you're gonna see that flip around based off of the opponents we're gonna play against too. I mean. When, when you're getting teams who are just dumping it and trying to hit you and trying to wear you down, I feel like you're going to see Hawk and Paul Lindell put, put together and you're going to see Lindell and, or sorry, Lundquist and Harley played a whole lot less because you really want to save those dudes energy for other games. I mean, th- that's not where those players are going to be effective. Yeah, but the yeah. problem is that, and someone pointed it out again over in the chat, is you're relying heavily on Mayor Haskinen to do a little bit more, which he which he can do. He, he can play 26 to 28 minutes a night, but do you want him to be a little bit more energetic for the playoffs? And I know it seems crazy to talk about that now, but it does have some sort of effect in April, I would think. Uh, I, I just, I'm kind of getting away from coming a little bit, Ryan. Sorry. I, I just okay. don't like the the pairing of Hockenpah Lindell. You talk about how it kind of hurts Harley. I think it hurts Hockenpah and Lindell more than it hurts Harley, honestly. I mean, those guys are really good defensemen. They prove it on the penalty kill. Defensively, they are 100% very good. 100% a, a second or a third and fourth pair. That's no doubt. But when they're in a five-on-five setting playing against a team that is dumping it in, chasing after you, they can't get the puck out of their own zone. They are terrible at it. We won a clean faceoff draw, and Lindell shot it right at the linesman to keep it in on the five-on-three. I mean, and that's obviously that's a little bit fluky, but stuff like that is exactly what I'm talking about. Their hands are just not as good as Harley and Lundquist are. So when you split them up and you give them a guy to dump it off to and say, here, you get it out, it helps them be better too. It helps everybody be better, not just Harley. It helps... Hawk and Paw and Lindell too. Tonight, like James said, I understand it because of how much they're playing on the penalty kill. That's 100% going to remain the same, and it should. They're fantastic. They're elite. They are probably the main reason we have the best penalty kill in the league. But once it's five on five, throw in the trash, throw in the dumpster, throw it out the window. We're not doing that on five on five. Is what is what it should be. 
That's a very, very good point. I, I agree with everything you just said, Chris. Um, this is something that people are also talking about in the chat, which I, I don't really know if I uh, fully agree with it, but I did get onto him last game, and I was very frustrated with the fact that uh, he was a minus four. But Mira Haskinen. So I, I did the podcast on Friday night after I got back, and I really hampered uh, Otter in particular and a little bit on Mira Haskinen because he was a minus four in that game against Calgary. I went back and I watched the press conference. Oh, he was one of our best players on, on the ice. So, uh, what did I go out for a second? Yeah, you, you're back though. Yeah, you did, but the people who are watching it later are happy. But yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of agree with, with the Miro statement. Thanks, I, I, I saw I where you it. were going with it. Um, he wasn't great the other night, and I can see how people might think he's a step slow. Um, it, his defensive play, I don't think is. Defensively, I think he is 100% okay especially tonight he looked fantastic and it's partially due to Suter has started playing not as good the past five games he's gotten a lot worse turned the puck over a lot more not been as good in the offensive zone um and, and i think there's an argument to be made okay don't play him with Suter. i tend to agree with that but i, I don't think it's hayskin and is just tired because he he did this last season he's shown he can do this if, if we know hayskin is tired i'm confident that the coaching staff will figure out a way to get him some more rest yeah and the, the thing is i think he's playing less minutes than he was last year even i mean he does have less time on ice is it's slightly down well uh anything else y'all can think of i think I, we've pretty much hit everything is there anything y'all can think about nothing for tonight's game but something to talk about on sunday lee and bischel pixel from the Texas oh, yeah, Stars. Yeah, yeah. They're I, I'm, I'm I mean, gonna there's... say it, but we're gonna talk about it on Sunday. He takes his option to go play in Europe instead of staying in Austin, all but guaranteeing we're not gonna see him this year. Wild. That's a little crazy. Uh we'll I, talk about I, it later. There I'm I'm telling you, Chris, there there is so much stuff just NHL wise that is going on right now. It's insane. The past 24 hours have been crazy. What? It's not just the past 24 hours. It's like the past like three or four days. It, the the whole Corey Perry situation, like what the heck's going on there? Uh, yeah, we if if you've been on X enough, you've seen what's been going on. Uh, I don't think that's true, but I'm not gonna tell you if you don't know. Just go look it up. I just go love that the whole hockey world is like we're just gonna start a rumor. Everybody knows this is unbased and untrue, and we're just gonna right. say it anyway. Apparently, it was that the rumor was started by a, an account called Hockey Insider with two R's at the end of it. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Good. Good job, oh, NHL. Man. Biggest winners, uh, biggest losers. Anyways, Let's save it for anyways. Sunday. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> save it. Save it. Oh, oh, and Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane signed. We'll talk about that too. Anyways, yeah. Biggest winner, biggest loser tonight. Well, who's y'all's uh, picks? Biggest winner. I'm going to round out how I started the show. Jake Ottinger. Unbelievable night tonight. I mean, 27 saves on 27 shots. Huge stuff on the penalty kill, especially. He was fantastic when you need to be when you're on five on threes. He was great. He was perfect. Maybe his best game of the year so far. James? Um, my biggest winner, I'm giving it to the Hawk and Paul Lindell pairing on the penalty kill. <laughs> Very specific. Saved it, Chris. <laughs> I saved it. I was getting scared. <laughs> uh, there's a couple people I want to give it to. Uh, obviously, Otter is the biggest one. 
because uh, he he showed me up tonight. He told me to shut up, and I and I'm shutting up tonight. So he gets the shout out tonight. Uh, I really like how Smith played tonight too. He was really noticeable. He had a post, and uh, that's coming off of where he missed a couple of games due to illness. But I'm gonna give it to Mason Marchment because I don't know how many times we're gonna be able to do that for Mason Marchment, and so I'll give him my biggest winner tonight. Who's your biggest loser? Biggest loser is the officials. Somehow, the, the Jets get four power plays, two of them five on threes. The Stars get one one power play due to a Jets penalty. The other one was due to a challenge. There was plenty of chances to call penalties on the Jets. And boy, that was rough. James, who's your biggest loser? Uh, my biggest loser is uh, Radic Foxa. Two penalties on the penalty kill. First okay, one was the second obvious. One was, the second one was eh, but it was still stupid. you could still call it a penalty though. I you mean, could okay, call it, you should never call it when it's five on four and, though. I I tend to agree, but they're still both penalties, and you just you can't do that. Normally, we don't see that from him, and it'll probably not happen again. But he still gets the biggest loser for it. Fair enough. I kind of have have a double. Uh, biggest loser tonight, and one didn't even play in the game is uh, Delandria. I really feel for him. Like he, he's worked so freaking hard to try and stay in the lineup, and he he, j- he just back. can't. We, yeah, he'll be back. He will, but like he he doesn't get a regular. He's not a regular in the Stars lineup, which sucks for him. Which is crazy because Smith plays ten minutes a night. Yeah, I know exactly. Like, I understand, but like at some point, like dang. Um, I will also give uh, my biggest, biggest loser, though, to Josh Morrissey. He had all the chances in the game tonight for the Winnipeg Jets, three in particular, and didn't bury any of them. So he's my biggest loser tonight. Yep. Okay. We got a lot to talk about on Sunday. We're going to save it for Sunday. <laughs> Sunday might be a little bit of a long episode. We'll see. Um, anything else, guys? Nope. Okay. Well, Please go and check out StochasticRemarks.com for all the latest information on our podcast. There's been up to 16 people listening live. We thank y'all. And there's multiple, multiple, multiple other people who are listening to the podcast much later at a regular hour. We appreciate y'all as well. Please go and check out StochasticRemarksShop.com, our merch store. That's the best way to support our podcast and what we do here. And thanks again to DraftKings Sportsbook and Raycon for being our sponsors. Along with Chris, along with James, my name is Ryan. We will catch you guys on the flip side. We hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you guys are listening. We'll see you on the next one. Chris, take us out. Mike Elko will lead us to the promised land. Gig'em and GG boys. (laughs) Whatever.